Welcome to the Women Want Strong Men podcast. I'm your host, Amy Stuttle. I believe it takes a strong man to appreciate a strong woman, and I'm here to bring a unique perspective to empower both sexes. I love talking with health experts, thought leaders, influencers, and people who have insightful information to share with us about our health, our society, and our pursuit for success and prosperity. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm excited about today's episode because it's all about the master powerhouse antioxidant glutathione. I love this antioxidant and I can't wait for you guys to learn about it if you're not that familiar with it. And also in today's episode, I included questions that our Instagram followers had about glutathione. So I'm excited to include those in the episode and ask our guests about them today. So our guest today is Dr. Nayan Patel, and he is a sought-after pharmacist, health expert, and author of the book, The Glutathione Revolution, Fight Disease, Slow Aging, and Increase Energy. Dr. Patel also serves as adjunct faculty at the University of Southern California School of Pharmacy. Dr. Patel is regarded as a global expert on absorbable forms of glutathione and holds the only patent on a transdermal glutathione. He is also a highly sought-after authority on the critical role that all other antioxidants and endogenous molecules play in the body. Dr. Patel is a firm believer that providing the body with the tools it needs to defend itself and promote a healthy lifestyle that fits the pace of the modern world. Dr. Patel is also the go-to pharmacist for many celebrities and health experts. So I wanted to include a little shout out that Tony Robbins gave him since many people know who Tony is. And Tony just wrote a great health book called Life Force. Tony Robbins said, Dr. Nayan Patel has been a trusted health advisor of mine in Sage's personal wellness journey. His transformative glutathione doesn't deal with quick fixes, but instead with healing the entire body. So with that, welcome to the show, Dr. Patel. Well, thanks for having me today. I really appreciate you being here. And I kind of want to start simple here with just what is glutathione, because while it's a the master ox, antioxidant in our body, it's kind of amazing how many people have never even heard of it. Yes. And it's that's that's unfortunate that it's the most abundant molecule in our body, but yet people have not heard about it. The most abundant molecule in the body is water. People all know about water because we drink every single day. But glutathione is something that nobody has heard about because there was no good way to improve your levels of glutathione for for decades. And so that's unfortunate. But I'm I'm hoping that with my book and and my and your podcast that people are going to hear about this uh, throughout the world. So I'm, I'm glad about that one. So that's crazy. It's the second most abundant molecule in our bodies, you know, second to water, and we're still undereducated on it. Absolutely. And the thing is because it's, first of all, let's let's talk about what, what is glutathione. Glutathione in the simple terms is a protein, but more importantly, people want to know not what it is, but what does it do for a body? So the question is, what does it do for a body? So it's two parts. One, people all know about antioxidants because we take uh, vitamin C every single day. Our human body does not produce vitamin C. We produce glutathione to help with the antioxidant effects, both for chemical antioxidant stress as well as electronic oxidative stress. When I say electronics, I'm not talking about Wi-Fi signals and all those things, but I'm talking about the electron charge that is creating a body due to ultraviolet exposure through the sunlight and other cosmic rays. 
but also with the chemical reaction. So that's the antioxidant portion. But there's a the big role that glutathione plays in the body is about detoxification. It, it literally enhances your liver in a detox pathways to help conjugate all those chemicals and get rid of them. Makes them water soluble so you can pee them out. You can bind to them so that you can put in the intestines and basically poop it out if you have to. But the whole idea is how can we keep our body clean? If we all know liver is one of the only organs that it can regenerate itself back to normal and it needs glutathione to do so. So that's what it does pretty much. So glutathione is what's detoxifying our body, getting rid of the toxins, free radicals, everything that's attacking our body on a daily basis. That's right. By the time you leave your house in the early mornings, you're exposed to at least 70 different chemicals that your body has to process it every single day. That's wild when you think about that. Frightening, actually. <laughs> so how does someone know if they need glutathione? You can go to the doctor's offices and they can do a blood test to see what your glutathione status is. It's a blood test that you do, but there's a you measure the glutathione in the red blood cells, not in the whole blood, because the whole blood has water and red blood cells. Whatever is inside the water the it only stays in the body for about 14 minutes. So I don't want to know how much is in your water part of the blood because that is not going to be available to us for long periods of time. I want to measure it into the red blood cells because that one stays in the body for anywhere from one to three days. And so that level is what I want to measure. So the doctor's officers can literally do a blood test, uh, spin the blood, uh, remove, uh, separate the water and the red blood cells, measure the red blood cells, and measure the glutathione levels in there. But this wouldn't be a common test that they're going to receive at their primary care doctor, right? Like when we run glutathione levels, we're using a specialty lab called SpectraCell. And so if they're just seeing their normal primary care doctor, are there any inflammatory markers that they can be looking for on their labs that might indicate that they might need glutathione? Yes, of course. There are, so, so there are other markers, the inflammatory markers, which you just suggested right now. But more than that is everything that causes oxidative stress, right? The number one, the number one thing we produce in our body that creates the highest amount of stress is insulin. And we need that because we eat every single day. If you eat it, the body will produce insulin to bring the sugar levels back to normal. So we're going to produce insulin every single day. So, And if the production of insulin starts rising over time because you have resistance and your body's body's feeling the resistance to it, then the levels will start rising. If the levels are rising, you need help today. And because of that, it can also increase inflammation in your body. So, of course, there's IL-2, IL-6, TNF-alpha, all this inflammatory markers could be measured in the blood and find out if you need help. The simplest one that I think most doctors do measure is homocysteine levels. And homocysteine is, it's an amino acid, but what it is, is what they're really measuring is that if the levels are starts rising in your body, that means you have core inflammation throughout the body. And so that core inflammation is what I need to target to see if I can somehow control it. And it's not taking anti-inflammatory medication, right? You don't take Advil's to bring the inflammation down. You, the inflammation is there because there is a known problem. And we need to get rid of this problem so the inflammation comes down naturally. So basically what I'm hearing is probably everybody needs to be on glutathione. We're all exposed to these 
toxins and free radicals every single day. So many of us are running around insulin resistant and your body's constantly under attack. So it's probably safe to assume that just about everybody could benefit from a glutathione supplement. So how do you supplement glutathione? So, the, I mean, the best way to do it is to consume foods that basically help build the glutathione levels for you. So glutathione is made up of three amino acids, cysteine, glycine, and glutamine. So you can, you can consume those three amino acids in various foods, and that can help your body produce the glutathione levels by itself. And if you haven't read my book, The Glutathione Revolution, I'm sure you have read the book already. But uh, if anybody hasn't read the book, I have all the different foods that are listed in there that can help you boost those levels up uh, naturally. And it works really good until the age of about 30, maybe 35-ish if you are pretty healthy. If that doesn't work, then the second choice is to have supplementations. And after the supplementations, you have choices of, I mean, oh my gosh, if you just... Google and any of your favorite uh, online retailers, I mean, they're going to find thousands of different products that are sold on just glutathione by itself, from capsules to liposomal technology. For the last 20 plus years, there's a big old push for IV infusions of glutathione pushes at every doctor's offices. And so all these different ways to boost your glutathione levels, but we were never been successful on raising intracellular levels of glutathione until we developed this technology back in 2009. And so the technology that we have developed, we basically were able to not just stabilize the glutathione outside the human body, but also deliver to raise the intracellular levels of glutathione for the very first time. So anything that you take by mouth, any glutathione that you take by mouth, the body will break it down into various amino acids because that's what the body does to proteins. When you take proteins, it breaks down to various amino acids and your body will try and absorb those amino acids and make something out of it, right? I.e. could be glutathione, could be any of the building blocks for, for, uh, for a human body. When you take intravenous glutathione straight into your uh, veins, so now it's in the bloodstream, right? The glutathione molecule, molecule is so large, it's so big that it can never enter the blood cells ever. So what we had to do was we had to take the glutathione and use protein enveloping method to literally shrink it down, take all the molecule, basically shrink it down into small molecules that can body can the, so the glutathione can actually penetrate into the cells of a human body. When we did that part for the very first time, that's when we identified that hey, the glutathione when we give, when we do this way can stay in your body for four, six, up to twelve hours, and then slowly gets out of your body. So the correct way as of right now that I know of is a topical form of glutathione that is that has a technology to literally stabilize the glutathione and deliver through your skin into the blood cells. And that's the patent that you have, right? So you're probably one of the only ones with that technology at this time. So the technology is very, very different and unique. In medicine, there's, there's very few things happening in the whole world that is revolutionary. This by far exceeds all of them because for the very first time, we are able to take a protein molecule and use it to literally twist it, envelop it, whatever form we do with a physical process and shrink the size of this molecule down and deliver through your skin using a different channel. Anything that goes to your skin goes through the 
uh, skin membrane, which is mostly all cholesterol or lipids or oil-based. That's why all the creams that you apply is all oil-based. This is a water-based system that actually bypasses the, all the oils and uses the water channels to deliver into your body. So this is the first in the world technology at this time. And I think the possibilities are endless because the future small molecule proteins can easily be delivered this way in the future. So I'm very excited about this thing because the possibilities of what we can do to achieve and bypass the destructive power of the stomach and deliver some of the most potent medication to your body. So you see opportunity outside just delivering glutathione. You think this technology could be a significant game changer in the field of medicine? I think it is, especially when we are dealing with simple molecules like glutathione. I am not a big fan of delivering medications. I'm a big fan of delivering nutrients that your body needs to to defend its own problems. Because I'm a pharmacist, right? I sell yeah. medications every single day. And we're trying to solve our own problems with external source of medication when your body, all it needs is the tools to self-heal itself. And I'm trying my level best to find out what your body needs, what is it missing that your body produces, and can I amplify that so the body can defend its own problems? Yeah, so that's a good point. So you're a pharmacist, you've you've seen and dealt with a gazillion medications, nutrients. What stuck out about glutathione that sent you on this journey to be so passionate about it? Well, the passion came from back in my early career, like in back in the early 2000s when, you know, 2005 was the first time the government passed the law of medication management. And so every patient in the United States, the Medicare used to pay for, well, they still pay for it. They pay for managing people's medication. And people on an average are taking anywhere from six to 13 medications, depending on where they are. If they stay at home, there's six medications per day. If they're nursing home, they're taking 13 medications per day. And as a pharmacist, all I saw was what? How do I manage problems? We never solve anybody's problem. We just manage them. I cannot see myself doing this for the rest of my life, managing people's problem. What I want to do is I want to go back and see, is there something that we can do to a body so the body can fight his own problems, right? And so I was going back into my research. I said, you know what? The number one molecule that a body produces is glutathione. Why on the earth is nobody working on glutathione? That's when I came across. I said, you know what? I'm going to do it. So I, myself, my PhD, that's also from USC uh, Keck School of Medicine, we both started on this journey and said, you know what, let's figure this thing out. Let's see what we can do with glutathione and see if we can improve the levels uh, for, of, of our body with the glutathione. And so we keep our daytime job. And in the spare time, we start researching and trying to figure out how we can get this molecule into a body. Very cool. I'm assuming there's some at least decent research on it because I want to say that I read there's something like 180,000 studies done on glutathione. Is that true? I mean, it was a it was a large number. Absolutely. We just, you know, anybody can do that right now. Go to clinicaltrials.gov. These are ongoing research happening today on glutathione itself. And there are literally hundreds, if not thousands, of research going on today on glutathione. Few of them are mine personally, but the uh, rest of them are not mine. And it's not just glutathione molecule itself, but anything to improve glutathione levels are also in that one. So it's it's amazing. The whole world knows 
how important this molecule is to a body. And otherwise, they would not be, thousands of people would not be doing research on this today. So you mentioned that, you know, in the book, you talk about some of the foods that can increase your levels naturally. Tell us what some of those foods are. I mean, a lot of the vegetable sides we have, the asparagus, the cruciferous vegetables, on, on the meat side, uh, we have a lot of those uh, meat sources that, you know, those farm-fed or uh, grass-fed meats have high concentration of, of glutathione in them. A lot of the fish will have it as well. And so the thing is, what these foods are giving us is just the building blocks. For example, whey protein. Whey protein has a lot of cysteine in there. Cysteine is one of the building blocks that is not abundantly available in, in, in a lot of your foods. And so uh, so having milk products or whey proteins or just whey itself will provide you cysteine, which is one of the building blocks. And that will use, they'll take that with glutamine and glycine and make glutathione out of it. Then there's Brazil nuts. I like Brazil nuts the most because it is a complete source of glutathione. It has it's an enzymes to help bind the, uh, all the amino acids together to make glutathione. Has selenium as one of the catalysts that's be used to speed the process of making the glutathione. So I always recommend if you're going to eat Brazil nuts, four Brazil nuts per day will get your glutathione levels back to normal. That's if you're young, of course, right? Yeah, that's amazing. So are there any other ways to naturally increase it besides the food? Sunlight or exercise? No, actually, those are, in fact, they will, let me put it this way. All these things that produce extra stress in your body is actually consuming glutathione, right? Yeah. We all do cold plunge therapy. When we do cold plunge therapy, initially, yes, it, it stimulates the body's production of glutathione. But if you, if you go for too long, now that is producing extra stress in your body and it's going to use up the glutathione that is already produced to counteract the stress in your body as well. So anytime there's a stress on your body, exercise, sunlight, whatever, you know, low dose is good because little stress on your body makes your body more resilient. So that, that's a good thing. Excessive stress on your body, now it breaks it down. And so I'm all for little stress in your body, but all the extra stress, I want to quench all those free radicals with glutathione as fast as possible. Do you have any information on glutathione and what it does on Alzheimer's or dementia patients? So we, we already know Alzheimer's, well, uh, more, more on Alzheimer's because Alzheimer's is basically beta amyloids that, that's getting plaques in your brain. And that's because of oxidations of your cholesterols in your brain. And oxygen is happening every single day. Your brain is 80% cholesterol. And so we want to make sure that that cholesterol in your brain never gets oxidized. As of right now, the research is there in vitro, like in, we can test this out outside the human body that, hey, a glutathione can literally reduce the oxidative stress in any form. There could be oils, could be water for anything. But to test in vivo, which is human body, I am not convinced 100% that the studies are done correctly as of yet. Again, this molecule has only been available since 2009, and I did not release this molecule to the general public until 2020. So it's only been a couple of years that the people have are starting to know about that, that what I created uh, 13 years ago. So now the research has started. I've been working with another, another doctor over here locally in California. As he's also part from Stanford University. He's doing a massive scale 
work with the UN on Alzheimer's care. And so he's been collaborating with me to see if we can introduce this and do some more research and work to figure out, can we reverse Alzheimer's? At the very least, can we prevent Alzheimer's or dementia from happening from the get-go so we never have to reverse anything? Yeah, exactly. I've read several articles on the benefits that glutathione has on the skin. Can you talk about that? So skin is exposed to oxidative stress the most, right? Every single day. Thank God we wear clothes every day. So at least some part of the body is protected, but the face is not. And our face has the highest amount of oxidative stress that, that, that is because of exposure to sunlight, more importantly, the, the, the UV rays. And so for that reason, the glutathione in our skin cells on the face is the lowest amount because it is constantly being used up immediately as soon as we get producing. So having glutathione type products for your, for your facial regimen is absolutely a must. And so, I mean, I'm being a pharmacist, I never thought that I would eventually make a cosmetic products. And so we do have cosmetic products that is specialized just on glutathione, uh, specifically to reduce oxidative stress. And once you reduce oxidative stress on your facial skin, you can see the diminishing of all your spots, like those... those sunspots or those brown spots? Yeah, sunspots, sun damage spots. When you have a lot of uh, exposure to sunlight, your skin starts to age prematurely. Your body or the rest of the body is intact, but your face starts getting wrinkly. And so replacing the glutathione back as fast as possible, as early as possible, don't wait until you're 70 to, to yeah. gain the control back. As early as possible, we can literally delay the aging process indefinitely. What about the infrared light? So I'm a little bit curious now since we're talking about the sunlight and we're seeing a lot of that red light therapy. Is that an issue when it comes to your glutathione levels? It is, right? Everything is. Again, I said earlier, infrared light is great for inflammation and reduce inflammation down a little bit because it's like my dad uses, I still remember with this little uh, heat lamp, which is all red light, my dad used to use it because he had arthritis. This was, I'm, I'm talking about 30, 40 years ago in, in my house, we had this infrared light. Anything that like this light therapy is great at low dose, right? If you're doing for a couple of minutes, two, three minutes, five minutes, uh, and it, it depends on the intensity, it's great because a little stress to your body makes your body stronger. But then after you're done, I would strongly recommend that use a glutathione to quench all the extra free radicals that's roaming around in your body because that is not good for us. So if you are, let's, my dad had knee issues, so he used to put on his knees all the time. 30 years ago, I did not have glutathione products for him. And so he had arthritis for all these years. He had, he had arthritis for almost 30, 40 years or more probably. And so he used to use the lights and it helped him to be mobile, but it never got rid of his arthritis. Until eight years ago, he was my patient number one, started using the glutathione product that we made in the lab. And today, he has no longer arthritis. He's 87 wow. years old today. He walks between five and six miles per day. He travels the world on his own. My mom passed away 20 plus years ago. So he's single. He travels the world on his own at the age of 87, and he doesn't need anybody's help. Wow, that's amazing. So what I'm hearing you say is, Cryo's great, red light's great, cold plunges are great, but just realize that stress on your body, while it has those benefits, it's going to deplete your glutathione levels. So you need to be replacing those 
after you're done doing those types of therapies. So you can do both. That's right, Amy. What you just said is right. After you do the therapy, not before. Because if you do it before, if your glutathione level is too much in your body, it will keep on quenching all those free radicals while it's happening. And it's not actually helping your body become more resilient. So for me, is I like to put stress on my body. And then once the stress stressor is gone, which is a very short amount of time, you get rid of it. And in your clinic, in your office, I'm assuming you're also dealing with stress all the time because you're doing treatments to help your patients with stress management and, uh, and hormone management. And guess what? The chronic stress is the problem. If a dog is chasing you and the dog goes away in a few minutes, guess what? The stress goes down, you're back to normal. But if the stressor is there day in, day out, financial stress, marital stress, social stress, and food stress those stressors are actually affecting human body. Anybody is going through that hormonal changes, guess what? They need to reduce oxidative stress down by glutathione. So I posted on my Instagram that you were going to be on the podcast, and I had a few questions come in, and I would like to ask those to you. So the first one is glutathione as a part of Parkinson's treatment. So now I know I personally read some things that Michael J. Fox has put out from his organization on the use of glutathione with Parkinson's. Uh, The person that wrote it on Instagram, he actually has Parkinson's. So what are your thoughts on that? So I'm sorry about the patients that is going through Parkinson's because reversal of Parkinson's is something that I have not seen yet. What I have seen with the help of glutathione is increasing energy, increasing mobility. So they're functioning better than what they could have done without the help of glutathione. But reversal of Parkinson's is something that I have not seen yet. Keep in mind, we have probably have treated less than 100 people in my last 13 years because, again, we never released this product until two years ago. So the number of cases that we have dealt with are a little bit less at this time. Dr. David Palmer, who is very well known with the work on glutathione with Parkinson's gave me an endorsement to my book and my product as well. And because he realizes that glutathione is is absolutely important, but we still have a lot more work to do with Parkinson's at this time. So if you're looking to just help you with increasing energy and improve, even a slight improvement in, in your mobility is what you're looking for. I think the glutathione can help you achieve that part. But uh, this is one of those diseases that I would rather prevent it than to try to treat it. Okay. So the next question was, I would be interested in knowing if taking NAC helps increase glutathione levels and how does someone know if they should take NAC or should they go straight to glutathione? So until now, NAC was the only product that was approved by FDA to help raise glutathione levels for us. And by far, this is probably the best thing we had until now. And the reason is because NAC is, is, is essentially cysteine. You can take NAC or take, take whey proteins or cysteine capsules or whatever that is, right? So NAC, you can take it and the body will attach the glutamine and the glycines with the two enzymes and make the glutathione levels. Keep in mind, with NAC, you're depending on your body's ability to produce glutathione. 
you're depending on the enzymes, making sure the enzymes are there in your body to produce the glutathione. You're depending on selenium to make sure that you have the catalyst like selenium to boost the production of glutathione. If you're missing any of these things, there's a 1% of the population, they have this enzyme defect where they cannot produce glutathione in, in, in the first place. And if that's the case, NAC, by taking NAC, is not going to help you even one iota, not even one, right? Because your body cannot produce it at all because it doesn't have the enzymes. So NAC, by far, to me, is probably the best option because not just it can produce the glutathione, but it can produce the glutathione intracellularly, which is more important to me than just taking glutathione. Glutathione supplementation is, as of today, it doesn't do anything, right? There was a study done in 2010 at Texas University. They took the liposomal technology product of glutathione. They took some capsules of glutathione, and they did a trial to just see if the body was absorbing the glutathione. And what they saw was zero. Zero was in the bloodstream of glutathione, but they had all these amino acids, yes, I mean, this levels went up, but zero glutathione levels went up. Eventually, the body will take those amino acids and produce glutathione again. So why take glutathione when you can just take the amino acids? That would be my recommendation. That was the next question, actually. Does liposomal glutathione work? I'm assuming you just answered that, but go ahead. <laughs> okay. So I have a lot of friends in the liposomal te- technology world, and I know a lot of people doing that part. And you know what? It's not a bad technology. I don't think that that technology actually works for glutathione. It works great for vitamin C, but I do not think so. It works for glutathione itself. And the reason is because the study that was at Texas University, they also took liposomal products to test them out. They, they tested it on the kids, by the way. It's not only they didn't do a testing on the adults. They didn't do testing on the kids where they have everything intact, all the enzymes, everything's intact. So whatever happens in the kids is going to be very well uh, studied for us. And even the kids, they were not absorbing the glutathione because the body was just breaking down into various amino acids. They had increased in cysteines and glycines and glutamine in, in, in the bloodstream. And in fact, taurine went up too. I don't know why. But those amino acids went up higher, but did not increase glutathione levels significantly. So what you're saying is if you're preferences to take an oral supplement, you're better off taking something like a precursor like NAC versus take going to the shelf and taking something that says glutathione. That's right. Okay, perfect. And if you were to rate the delivery methods of how to administer glutathione, it would be the spray that you have the patent on, then NAC, and then IV, and then oral, even though you're saying like, okay. Yeah. So the, the reason we do IV third and before NAC is because when you do IV infusions of glutathione, all the glutathione, doesn't matter if you're injecting 600 milligrams, 1 grams, 2 grams, we have seen injections up to 3.8 grams per day. All the molecules you give in one shot to, to the human body, it only stays in the plasma, never ever gets into the red blood cells. If it stays in the plasma, your body will pee it out in 15 minutes. And the study was done in 1991. It was actually it's in the, it's in the NIH archives as well. That after infusion of two grams of IV push of glutathione, there was zero increase in red blood cells of glutathione. Zero, hundred percent was in the plasma, 
and everything was out in uh, out in your kidneys in 14.1 minutes. So literally in 15 to 25 minutes, you have the probably the most expensive urine after an IV push. <laughs> so in that 14 minutes, whenever it's in your body, is it working on getting rid of those free radicals in that time? Because I have heard patients actually get sick immediately after administering a glutathione IV, like their body's like purging this out and then they feel great. Yeah, and it does work. So for 14 minutes, it's still working. It's not that it's not working. But keep in mind, uh, we want to clean our body intracellularly more than the cytoplasm, right? And so I would love to have glutathione into the intracellular levels because that can affect a wider area of your body than just in the water base of your of, of your blood. No doubt about it. It still works. It still does a lot of things for us. It just, you cannot do in 50 minutes everything that your body needs to do. So what else, we kind of rapid fired here through a lot of things about glutathione. Is there anything else that we haven't talked about that you think people must know about glutathione? You know, I'm in the infancy stage right now. Even though I'm, I'm working on this for about 13 years after I discovered the molecule, before discovery, it was another 40 more years before that. But the real work started in the last 13 years when I first had discovered this molecule is that we have a lot more to learn still. I am just scratching the surface at this time. And just by scratching the surface, I've been able to do a lot of things right now in terms of helping patients with all kinds of issues that basically reduces the glutathione level. For example, there's so many papers out there that any kind of viral infection you have, doesn't matter if it's influenza or shingles or chicken pox, or it doesn't matter what you have, Epstein-Barr viruses, there's so many viruses in our body or in the environment that affects us. All those viruses deplete your glutathione level. Just replacing the glutathione levels back to normal, your therapy for all the antiviral medications just becomes so much better. And that is something that I've just learned over the last six, seven years that, hey, you know what, when, when people take, uh, when they have cold sores and things like that, you know, that's, that's herpes virus. It's just that the, whatever medication they're taking, it just works better for them. And so I didn't really think about glutathione affecting other organisms like viruses, what about bacteria? I don't know yet. Dr. Venkatraman Vishwanath over here in the, at Western University School of Medicine, he's done tremendous research on using glutathione for mycobacterium products like tuberculosis, aviums, things like that. And again, we have not we have not proven anything yet at this point. But the fact that this bacteria are depleting glutathione levels by replacing glutathione levels back to normal are can we change the course of these infections? Can we change the course of, of end-stage diseases like Parkinson's or Alzheimer's or even diabetes or anything that caused by oxidative stress? We have, today, we have over 80 audio, autoimmune diseases. You know, 100 years ago, we had literally have five. Now we have 80 autoimmune diseases. Is it something that we can change the course by replacing glutathione levels earlier in the life so that the body doesn't get damaged so fast? Again, there's so much things that we have to learn yet. And I'm glad you asked this question because I don't know how to answer these questions yet other than the fact that I can tell you all the different areas that I'm working on right now. We are working on patients with uh, with cancer diseases like Alzheimer's. We are working on all kinds. We are actually doing a trial on dogs and cats on viruses because 
in California, we have a big old problem with cats having shingles and the human society cannot put the cats down. And so we have this epidemic of shingles in cats. So we are just try, we are just using this these types of treatment to see if we can change the course in these cats right now at this point. We are working with, uh, with the university to deal with the mycobacterium. And we, we have the first IRB approval on human trials right now that we're working on, that's ongoing right now. And we are, we are doing all this work. So we don't know where this is going to end up yet. The good thing is that the research has started now for the first time in a way that we can see that using the correct molecule in the correct dosage form, we can see the results. And, it, and then if, if we do see the results, the possibilities are going to be endless from skincare to optimum health. This is going to be a fun journey that you're on, and we're excited to watch it. And we're going to start carrying your products. I just filled out some paperwork with your staff because I'm so excited to try the glutathione spray and even some of your skincare products. I'm like, ooh, these uh, I have sunspots, so I can't wait. I can't wait to give it a whirl. And I just want to tell you how much we appreciate you working on this and We need doctors like you, and it's a very exciting time in the health optimization space, and I just really appreciate everything you're doing for us. No, I appreciate you passing the word out for us. Thank you. So I appreciate your time today, and thank you for being with us, Dr. Patel. Thank you. Thank you.